Hello, welcome to a new thing we're doing called Software Deep Dives, where we interview the author of a bioinformatics software package. Today, we're having a chat about some of the software we've created ourselves, because behind all of our software are quirky details that never make it to the final paper. Today, Lee is in the hot seat with Mastery. So Lee, what problem does Mastery try to solve? Mastery is one of the most rapid methods for creating a tree from whole genome sequences. So um, before Mastery, uh, the most rapid method might have been 7GenomeLST or some other low resolution method. But the issue is that we have, you know, 50 megabytes or 200 megabytes FASTQ files coming off of the sequencer. And we just didn't have a great way of making a rapid tree to compare them um, quickly before, you know, spending an hour on each genome to assemble and characterize WGMLST or any other method. This is, is possibly the fastest method to compare genomes right off the shelf. So I, I made something similar to that as well back in 2017 called Saffron Tree, published oh, in wow. JOPS, by the way. <laughs> but uh, it's got two citations and it's the opposite of fast. It's fast if you have two or three genomes, but um, it scales exponentially. Oh, wow. I'm so yeah. sorry. I wish that I saw that before I started mastery, actually. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, obviously, you've done it uh, much better, you know, if it actually scales properly. What was its method? So the method literally was just to get all the kmers in each fast Q file or fast A file and then just do an intersection and build a tree from that. That's exactly what I would have done, too. I, I really do wish I saw your software before I started mastery. <laughs> but it scales very poorly. Mm. So... That is obviously a slight downside compared to uh, to your software. <laughs> so just to anyway. clarify, Lee, your both software are working directly with the FASTQ, directly with the raw sequencing data, right? Correct. Uh, so yeah, so you're saving a lot of time with um, avoiding a lot of genome assembly and and processing that way. Where does the mash in the name come from? Okay, so. Um... MASH comes from Adam Philippi's group, and they made software called MASH, which stands for MinHash, the name of the algorithm. And originally, well, they, they borrowed this algorithm from um, an older technology, MinHash, uh, from the 90s. I think it was first used in the software, in the search engine AltaVista. Wow, that's going back. Yeah, if you remember going way back to that. <laughs> I believe they used it so that they wouldn't have duplicate web pages in their index so they could be a lot faster in their indexing. And I mean, the goal is just to look at a new page and to see whether or not it's the same or not. That um, makes the, sense. Like, yeah, if you have the same web page over and over, you don't want that to be every single search result. Yeah. So it's incredibly useful. And we wanted the speed also in bioinformatics. And I'm grateful that Adam's group brought it to bioinformatics. It turns each camera into an integer and there's some bloom filter stuff in between that I'm not going to go into. That's out of, that's out of the scope, but it, it, it sorts the integers that comes out of um, those cameras and it sorts them numerically. It keeps the first thousand integers. Um, and those first thousand integers are way smaller than the original FASTQ file or the genome itself. It's, you know, a, a five megabyte genome might go down to, or you know, 50 megabyte raw FASTQ file might turn into just an eight kilobyte sketch file. 
So it's um, it's a huge speed up. Um, it reduces the footprint a lot. And so Mastertree takes those sketches. It takes the sketches. It, it compares those sketches uh, using the the MashDist algorithm. Um, it creates mash distances, and it and from those distances, it creates a neighbor joining tree. Originally, I tried UPGMA, but neighbor joining turned out to be a better approximation of of the trees that we we're looking for. I always need to give this caveat. I always forget to give, give the caveat right away. Mass tree creates trees, dendrograms, but it does not create a phylogeny. Neighbor joining would be an evolutionary model. Um, yeah, I mean, it, neighbor joining is an evolutionary model, but um, the difference is there's no ancestry inferred here on the nodes that neighbor joining creates. We can't say that this is an ancestral state of these leaves. And it's it, and there's no there's no discussion of evolution in, or in, implied in the tree at all. It's just it's just clustering. These genomes seem to be closer to these genomes. So why does it exist? At the time, we had you know genomes coming off the shelf. It was um, probably 2014 to 2016. I've been thinking about this problem, and and we kept getting asked to compare genomes, make a rapid tree, and um, we were in the middle of outbreak analyses, or we were doing population structure. And one day I just did mash on all of our genomes and compared them. And, and then I made a neighbor joining tree just, just stepwise. And it turned out to be a pretty good tree. It, it described what we needed to see. Um, and I started pipelining it. Um, so it was really for my own benefit. And I'm glad that, it, that the rest of the community um, sees the value in it too. Can you use it with long reads? Maybe stream it off a minion as they're produced? Yeah, I would love to test it with minion. I haven't done it too much with that yet. Um, and I think it does need separate tests from Minion just because of the the difference in the error profile. So anyway, who who asked for this to be uh, made and commissioned it? This is going to sound egotistical, but I just sort of came up with it. Um, I, I did, um, th I mean, this problem was being thrown at me every single day in my branch. And I just, I it was just one of those times where I had enough and I had to just do it. And I asked Adam Philippi um, five different ways if, if he wanted to do this project, if he was going to do it, if he was okay with me doing it, if, if it was okay if I did it this way, is it okay if I did a poster, is it okay if I <laughs> published it like every single step of the way. And he was very gracious and Adam is a really um, great person to talk with and I really appreciate everything about that. So, um, so I did come up with it, the actual tree making part of it, but the, the hard part, the algorithm was from Adam's lab. And were there any earlier prototypes of it at the time? Um, I tried this with a few different things. Actually, speaking of saffron, you reminded me, um, I had this incredibly slow way, and I'm sure it was even slower than what you did in Perl. And I, and I did try to come up with basically a jacquard distance of Kamers, but it was incredibly slow and I dropped the idea. Yeah, you see, <laughs> I didn't drop it. I continued. <laughs> and well, I learned I my maybe... lesson. Maybe if I did this in rasters, then it would have been fast. I don't know. There's um, a lot of, if, if you go back to the MASH paper, there's a lot of tricks with their underlying libraries. I think Captain Proto is the one that they mentioned that has a lot of optimization by people way beyond our <laughs> expertise. <laughs> like there's a lot of, um, a lot of speed up stuff they did with, with getting it so that it's so fast. I appreciate that. I appreciate when speedups are put in the library. Another early prototype was I tried it with ANI, Mummer-based ANI. And Mummer, again, is 
for people who don't go way far back in bioinformatics, Mummer, again, is from Adam Philippi. <laughs> so I think that's kind of fun. So uh, Mummer-based ANI, and again, it was not as rapid because you still have to assemble the genome. So uh, MASH turned out to be the best alternative because you could use it on assemblies or on raw reads. So where did you end up publishing it? I chose JOS. You and everybody else uh, were kind of talking about JOS and eventually I saw that FDA um, had a paper in it, um, a good paper from um, our colleague at FDA, um, uh, Steve Davis. And they convinced me that this is not, like it's a free journal. It's, you know, to me, it's very suspicious. It's free. This is the, the journal of open source software. Yes. But it, but it's real, and I and I um, it didn't take too long after I investigated. Like this is a real journal, and and I and I went for it because it's this really transparent, open source method of of um, peer review on GitHub. And I actually wish everything was like this. So um, everything I can do, I'm probably gonna try to publish it in Joss now. Awesome. Oh, I should mention, speaking of ANI, that uh, in my experience, and there is a little bit of literature on it, that the MASH distances that it calculates is comparable to ANI. They're not equivalent, but comparable. That's where the fact that this makes trees that make sense comes into it. <laughs> yeah, it was comparable. Um, there's, a, there's a figure in the MASH paper where they showed that keeping a thousand kamers um, had a really good correlation with ANI, and I kind of made an executive decision, like, oh, okay, that's, it's fast, but it's still fast if I do 10,000 cameras, and so I did it that way just to make sure the resolution stayed pretty high. So where did the name come from? I just glued together Mesh and Tree, and just like how you were talking with Brig in a different episode, um, I started saying Mesh Tree, and it, it just stuck. Internally, the resulting tree people were just informally calling the mash tree <laughs> and that stuck too. Yeah. I think there's, there's something about the software tool, the names that really stick are the ones that are kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, slightly, yeah, you don't have to think. <laughs> slightly, slightly dumb or just catchy, you know, in a, you know, earworm kind of way. Totally agree. I'm, I'm done trying to make super sophisticated names. Like it needs to be, very straightforward now. Oh uh, no, I'm all for, you know, the obscure Irish language names. <laughs> I like that. It, I do like that. I'll talk about that another time, but I like the, uh, doing the Irish names. Yeah. So anyway, what are the uh, unique selling points of it? If you're stuck in the weeds like me and, and you have a bunch of huge FASTQ files coming at you and, and your higher ups are asking you to make trees very fast, well, uh, mass tree is rapid. A tree that would be done with high quality SNPs, you know, that would be done in an hour and a half is done instead in a minute with mash tree. Um, wow. And that could be done on your laptop instead of on the high performance computer. The trees are, are good approximates of the real phylogeny. I, I shouldn't say real phylogeny because phylogenies are inferred usually. Um, but it, it, it does a really good approximation. So if you want a rapid approximate tree, and you're willing to admit that it's not the final tree because you're going to run something else afterwards if you're going to do the publication, then mash tree is a really nice uh, way to, to get that first round of analysis. So what kind of organisms would you usually put through it in your day-to-day -day work? I've been asked to put E. coli through it or, you know, related organisms, Shigella, or Listeria or, or Vibrio. Um, 
all those guys I've been putting through it, but then um, I've seen other people use it for, you know, things that are not enteric like Legionella and it's done a fantastic job. Awesome. So what language is it written in? Oh, don't kill me. It's in Perl. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I think that Perl was a good choice actually, even if I knew a few other scripting languages because um, one of the key points of MassTree is, is the multi-threading. And I know basically all other modern languages have multi-threading or some form of that. But at that point in time, when I was starting to write this, um, I had a good grasp on multi-threading in Perl. And it and it's um, people have their, their valid criticisms of multi-threading in Perl, but um, it got the job done really well. And is it just one big script or is it broken up into multiple files or what? There is a main tree script and it reads off of a single, actually a couple different library files. But after that, it is kind of packaged up into kind of the standard Perl package. Can you install it with CPAN? Exactly. Yes, you can install it with CPAN. Um, awesome. That was sort of um, inspired by Torsten prod- uh, prodding me on GitHub issues. <laughs> I think he was doing it with he was prodding me on a different package, but I realized that it would be easier to package up MassTree at that time. How, how did you do the packaging? Did you use Distiller or something like that? Perl has a, a packager, it has a few different packagers, but um, it, I used uh, MakeMaker, which cool. um, basically creates a make file and then runs the make file to, um, to install the whole package. And I presume for Joss, you had uh, tests in there as well. Yep. Um, this was this was um, perhaps my more, it wasn't the first time I did unit tests, but it was the more professional package that I did with professional style unit tests where I just, I picked every major thing and even um, several minor things and, and tested, tested, tested. Awesome. So how is it documented? Um, I'm not as sophisticated as, as the rest of the world on documentation. I don't use LaTeX or read the docs. I just used markdown language so there's a main markdown readme in the main directory and then there's some and then that links to other markdown files in in the repo under a subdirectory docs i don't think it's that sophisticated but i think it's i think there are advantages to it like the documentation always gets cloned with the repo and markdown's not too hard to read on the command line yeah that is um that is a consideration it is sometimes annoying when you are stuck and then you have to open a browser to to find the read the docs page or whatever so what features are you most proud of for mastery um i wish i could say i was proud of making mash itself <laughs> but I, i'm i'm only i i can just say that i'm proud of of having that aha moment that mash was this incredibly fast method of comparing two genomes um I was fortunate that Adam visited Atlanta in, I think, 2015 and showed it to us. And I had that aha moment, like we can make trees out of this thing. The thing I'm most proud of is just having that aha moment. But I feel like it's possible, just like with Saffron, like it could have been someone else could have thought of that. Some of the design principles I'm proud of, like using multi-threading and packaging it up for CPAN. By packaging it up for CPAN, um, it has standard installation, it has standard unit tests, it has standard whatever else. So it's a lot better streamlined in the Linux environment. 
that's I'm proud of the streamlining and the standardization of it. Yep, and I can see that it's been cited a few times already, and uh, yeah, for for quite a few different organisms and people all over the place are using it. Uh, how how has the community used the software as far as you know? As you know, I think there has been a couple of slip ups where somebody said it was a phylogeny, unfortunately, um, but. When someone's using it right, um, I've seen several times people using it as the first pass for their analysis. So if they need to know the population structure, if they've, if they've got enough diversity, or if they rapidly want to know whether or not to exclude a sample from an outbreak analysis, I've seen all of these, or, or um, not just outbreak analysis, but what if they have you know, this question, is this related or not? Is this, is this the same isolate? Is this the same strain? It can be used to rapidly exclude a sample before going into a more in-depth analysis. So, um, so I think the community, when they use it correctly, are using it as a, as a first pass analysis. Yep, and has anyone used it in a more complicated pipeline that you know of? Or there has been one um, instance that I saw, um, I think it was the Pandu pipeline um, in Australia. And it's, it's being used um, where one data set is a possible um, outbreak data set. And so it's used to rapidly, as a rapid sanity check, I think, to see whether or not a sample or all samples belong with each other. Um, otherwise, MASHtree itself is, is the more complex pipeline that uses MASH. I think more often than not, um, I would view MASHtree as the more complex pipeline that, that uses um, the core program. Okay, and any future plans? Is there something you'd like to add, but you didn't have time to add yet? Oh, man. There was a great suggestion by Torsten for m making this pipeline more generalizable. And I wish I thought of that early on. So what if you give it just a different mechanism for comparing distances? And that could be plugged in. So let's say you have like a bunch of ANI distances, and then you plug it into the tree making program. I wish that I built that in, but um, I just don't have time for that. Um, otherwise, I'm leaving Mastery basically alone as as a stable program, and I'm listening out for any any bug reports. All right, that's cool. Thanks for the great discussion. We've had a quick chat about some of the software we've created ourselves, and uh, there's always some interesting facts about how these different tools came into being. Today, we were talking about Mastery, which makes trees rapidly from raw reads. You can check it out on GitHub and the papers up on Joss. And that's all the time we have for this episode. See you next time. Thank you all so much for listening to us at home. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and like us on iTunes or Google Play. And if you don't like the podcast, please don't do anything. This podcast was recorded by the Microbial Bioinformatics Group. The opinions expressed here are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of CDC or the Quadrant Institute.